0: for Colorado Young Lawyers by Colorado Young Lawyers. I'm your host, Kevin Cheney. For those listening to us for the first time, I'm a personal injury and criminal defense lawyer here in Colorado. I graduated from the University of Colorado Law School in 2014 and founded my practice, Cheney, Gillesie & Howard, a short time later. I'm a member of the Colorado Trial Lawyers Association, where I serve on its board, executive committee, and legislative committee. I also serve on the Colorado Bar Association's Board of Governors, the CBA Executive Committee, and the CBA Young Lawyers Division Executive Council. Finally, I'm also a member of the Colorado Criminal Defense Bar Association. If you're interested in learning more about any of these wonderful organizations, please feel free to shoot me an email at kevin at cghlawfirm.com. This podcast is created and sponsored by the Colorado Bar Association's Young Lawyers Division. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you bi-weekly episodes with information that is both fun and informative for young lawyers. We have some awesome guests lined up, and we are just getting started. If you like our podcast, please, please, please leave us a review and tell your colleagues. And with that, let's jump right in. Uh, Listeners, we actually have a a first uh, on the podcast here today. This is our very first time we are ever having multiple guests on on the same episode. Uh, So we're breaking some new ground. Uh, Also, uh, if you didn't listen to our last episode, we are currently uh, in a very large spike in the coronavirus uh, pandemic, and so we have moved back to shooting all of our episodes via Zoom. So if our sound quality uh, is not quite uh, what it would be if we were shooting in our sound guy Rick's professional studio, uh, that is what is going on, uh, and just another factor of the fun year that is 2020. 2020. So with that, I would like to introduce uh, our two guests today. Uh, We have Lauren O'Dell and also Judge Lance Timbreza. Lauren enjoys working on a wide array of legal issues, including estate, estate planning, litigation, and transactional matters. Lauren graduated with honors from the University of Wyoming College of Law. During law school, Lauren worked as a student intern for the Wyoming Attorney General's Office through the Energy, Environment, and Natural Resource Clinic and served as an article editor on the editorial board of the Wyoming Law Review. Lauren is licensed to practice in both Colorado and Utah. Outside of work, Lauren loves to read, bake, play sports, and spend time with her family and friends. She's relatively new to the Western Slope and is excited to experience all of its outdoor opportunities. Uh, Further, uh, we have uh, Judge Timbreza on the program. Uh, Judge Timbreza was born and raised in Delta. He attended Colorado Mesa University, receiving a B.A. in history. He also received his law degree from Gonzaga University School of Law in 2005. He was in private practice in Seattle, Washington and some other places in Washington before moving to Grand Junction uh, until his appointment to the bench in July of 2016 by then Governor Hickenlooper. Uh, Judge Timbreza has served on the Colorado Supreme Court Attorney Regulation Committee and as a commissioner and chair of the 21st Judicial District Judicial Performance Commission president of the mesa county bar association chair of the colorado bar association young lawyers division and on the colorado bar association's executive council and bar of board of governors he is a graduate of the colorado bar association's leadership training program known as cobalt and finally Jim, judge timbreza is a fellow of the colorado bar association bar foundation and a chair of its board of trustees a fellow of the American Bar Foundation, a fellow of the fellows of the Young Lawyers Division of the American Bar Association, and is a commissioner of the Chief Justice's Commission on Professional Development. Wow, that was a mouthful. I haven't had to do two of those back to back, so uh, (laughs) bear with me, listeners. Uh, Well, thank you guys so much uh, for coming on the program. Uh, How are you guys doing today? I guess let's start with Lauren. Lauren, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, thanks, Kevin, for having me on here. Um, I'm doing well today. Uh, as I said, it's a busy week for me. I have a trial next week that's to the to the court, so a couple days, and so you know, just trying to figure out how that's going to work over video. And going
0: um, to be a fun weekend, is what you're saying? You know, exactly.
1: Yeah, I plan on you know taking the whole weekend off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fun, fun, uh, Judge Timbreza, How about you? How are you doing today? You know, it's a good day. It's been an interesting week. Uh,
2: like Lauren said, I was uh, did a three-day termination trial uh, in a DNN case, a dependency neglect case by WebEx, so it's always interesting to have uh, four attorneys appearing all by video in front of you and all of us uh, in different locations and uh, did a sentencing this morning to an individual who came from California and him and his attorney were in the courtroom and me and everyone else were by WebEx. So it's, it's <laughs> the strange times of firsts in 2020. But uh it's 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 odd how normal this is starting to seem.
0: I know, right? That vaccine cannot get here fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting too used to it. Um well let's start with you, uh, Judge Tim Why don't you uh obviously we just went through uh your you know professional bio, but why don't you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, kind of where you're from, you know, where you went to school and uh, kind of how you got to Grand Junction?
2: Yeah. So as, as you mentioned, I was born about 40 miles down the road from Grand Junction in between Grand Junction Montrose in a small town, uh, Delta. I was born, my dad was a coal miner until just a couple of years ago when he retired in Somerset. And all of my family uh, essentially grew up there, his brothers and sisters. Um, I made it all the way to the big city of Grand Junction to go to at then Mesa State, uh, now CMU, and had a pretty good idea. I wanted to go to law school um, or become a lawyer. My grandpa, my step-grandfather, was the court reporter for the single district court judge in Delta when I was growing up, and I used to go to court with him and watch you know, various court proceedings, and, and then one of the jobs I had was to copy the transcripts because at that time, the court reporter would... Transcribe and then the parties would each get their copies. So I'd go down 10 pages at a time at the clerk's office and and copy transcripts for uh, litigants. Um, And so I had an early exposure to court and was just always fascinated by the process, watching it and watching the judge make uh, decisions. And so I went to Mesa and then finished in 2002 and and went right to uh, undergrad or to law school, I should say, in Spokane at Gonzaga.
0: Nice. Uh, what about you, Lauren? Why don't you tell uh, our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and kind of where you're from and uh, what brought you uh, out to Grand Junction?
1: Sure. So I uh, I am not a Colorado native. Um, I uh, grew up in Wyoming, um, about five hours away from Grand Junction in a small town called Kemmer. Um, so I, I grew up there. I'm kind of a Wyoming girl at heart still. Um, you know, small town is great, but I also like the bigger cities. Um, I did go to undergraduate um, and got my undergraduate degree at the University of Wyoming as well. Um, I got that in political science, and, um, which kind of you know led me on this career to the you know, law world, I should say. Um, at first, I was never really interested in it. I thought I wanted to go into the medical field and went to college and started taking all my science classes and thought, nope, this isn't for me. <laughs> and uh, I had the, the great opportunity of interning in Washington, D.C. for one of Wyoming's senators, um, Senator Michael Enzi, for a semester. And so that kind of opened my eyes to a whole new world. And so that really you know, changed my career path interning with him. So after graduating um undergrad, I took a couple of years off and I just worked and uh you know kind of got some life experience and then I went back to college or college, went back to law school at the University of Wyoming College of Law um which was a you know great place to go to college. It was um you know it's Financially, a great decision, as well as I had a great professor's, and that's where I met my husband. And so he is from Grand Junction originally and wanted to move back. And luckily, uh, the law firm that I work for, Dufford Waldeck, offered me a job, and that's where I've been ever since.
0: Awesome. Uh, Speaking of first, uh, I think uh, you are our first guest from Wyoming on the podcast. And I only know that because I also am from Wyoming. Uh, And so I uh, keep track of the small amount of uh, numbers of us uh, kind of around the United States. So uh, definitely, uh, and Laramie's a a great place. And if anyone listening is interested in going to school there, uh, I think you can definitely have a a lot of fun and uh, at a much cheaper rate uh, than many law schools um, around the country. And Jerry Spence went to the University of Wyoming and he ended up doing all right. So, you know, there's a good track record there. Exactly. Um, uh, Lauren, actually, that was a great segue. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about where you uh, practice now at Dufford Waldeck. Uh, what is your practice area and kind of what do you do um, uh, for them?
1: Yeah, so I've been with Dufford Waldeck going on my fourth year now. Um, obviously, as a new associate brand new, new you kind of do everything. Partner walks in and they say, hey, I need you to draft this motion, you you draft it, or, you know, I need you to do this will and, and you go ahead and do it. And which has been great. Um, I originally started doing a lot of our uh, FEDs, our evictions. Um, and that was a wonderful opportunity. It got me into court, probably more than anyone in our firm did. Uh, so, you know, I got that trial practice and while it's on a much smaller scale, it definitely made me more comfortable speaking with opposing counsel, speaking with clients, uh, as well as speaking with judges. And so, um, you know, I, I'm I'm thankful that I was able to do that. But I have also thankfully passed that on to our new associates in the office, <laughs> and uh, and I've um, started to focus my practice a little bit more. Um, on on different areas. And so I do um, a lot of estate planning and probate uh, here as well. Um, But that also leads me into um, a lot of probate litigation. Uh, I work on a lot of conservatorship and guardianship cases, uh, both for minors and for adults. And um, I also do um, recently a lot of real estate litigation and next week for my trial, it's a, a partition case. So it's, you know, I, I kind of have a honed in area of law, but it also is, it, it's nice because in times like these, I do have work in multiple areas of law.
0: Does your firm do pretty much a little bit of, of everything? Uh, is there kind of something for, for everyone, I guess, if you will, or does it kind of have some specialties that it's kind of known for?
1: We definitely are a general civil firm. We don't do any work for, we don't do any family law. I should say, although some people would say estate planning and and estate, you know, probate litigation is family law. Um, oh, but <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but you know, we do specialize in estate planning um, litigation. Uh, you know, we have some of the top attorneys, I would say, in the state for for oil and gas, as well as our, our water attorneys are, are top notch here, which, I mean, water right now, people don't think of it as a hot topic, but you know, land rights and water rights, people really care about it, and people on the Western Slope really care about it. So uh, those are some of our topics here. So no criminal, um, which we are A-OK with uh, not handling any of that, but um, those are our areas over here.
0: Yeah, I think you make a great point, especially about the water law, because I think over here on the Front Range, we just kind of take for granted that water always comes out of our faucets and we don't ever have to worry about it and it comes from somewhere else. Uh, but when you're located in the area where it comes from or it flows through, uh, you're, you're much more concerned about the, uh, the potential limited supply and kind of where um, it's going. And, and I agree with you from I was actually reading an article and yeah, it was a couple months ago I was talking about how water law and kind of water issues, uh, you know, may be one of the most important topics kind of over the next um, few decades and kind of how we, uh, you know, uh, settle that and disputes between states and disputes uh, uh, between um, uh, even different counties. Actually, I think it was involved with Thornton and Larimer County and they're trying to build like a pipeline and Larimer won't let them, even though Thornton owns the water and there's a whole kind of interesting thing. Um, What about you, Judge Simbreza? Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you became a judge? Was that something that you knew you kind of wanted to do from back when you were making the copies of those transcripts, or was it something that developed kind of later in your legal career? No, I think that I always knew, even in law
2: school, that I wanted to be a a judge, and I wanted to um, be a a district court judge um, in particular because I liked... Being a judge that dealt with all of all of the issues, I think that the um, the the limited jurisdiction of the county court is important. I think the county court deals with important and interesting issues. But in terms of my interests, um, I I much like Laura. In my practice area was civil litigation. Um, I didn't do any criminal work in practice. I did a little bit of domestic relations in the last couple of years just to get a little bit more experience, knowing I would, I, I wanted to be uh, going to the district court at some point, was hoping to get appointed at some point. Um, and so I wanted to be as well-rounded I, as I could in at least the areas that I did practice probate, civil litigation, and domestic relations. And, um, and so, you know, that was really the focus. And... Um, I was fortunate because we we had a long period of time here in Mesa County where we had really no turnover on the district court bench, and then in 2016, for about the first time in over 10 years, a vacancy opened up. Our chief judge, who had been a a a longtime district court judge here, retired and was moving to Texas with his family, and I decided to apply. Um, And uh, didn't know it was my first application, and Thought, well, you know, hopefully it all works out. If it doesn't, there, there was talk of another the back-to-back vacancy. And the, indeed, but there was an opening in July and I think a second one in um, October of the same year. Mm-hmm. And um, was fortunate enough to get an interview with the local commission and, and have my name go up to the governor's office.
0: And let's talk a little bit about your work prior to becoming a judge. Were you at like a, a large firm or a, a medium-sized firm? And um, what brought you, did you always know you were going to come back to the Mesa County area, or did you think about staying in Washington a little bit?
2: Yeah. So when I finished law school, um, I had a hard time finding any work in Grand Junction, Um And so I knew I was going to stay. I'd done well in law school and had um, some opportunities um, in Washington. I ended up going to Dorsey and Whitney in Seattle, staying there for a period of time, sort of got what I'd like to call my big firm experience, enough for me to realize it's for some people, but it's just not sort of what I was looking for. And then I moved to Wenatchee, which is a lot like Grand Junction, smaller town, um, and, and just had people around me who were connected to the community and had been for a long time. And so I decided I, w- if I was gonna be somewhere that looked like home, I should be at home. And so made a decision in 2006 to come back to Grand Junction, joined a firm that I think had four other lawyers. And in Grand Junction, uh, Lauren's at a large firm. I think they're about 12 or 15. I mean, that's that's a large firm. So I was at a mm-hmm. medium firm of five people. Um, and we did the same type of work. And in fact, I had several cases. I have the proud record of never winning a case against Stafford Waldeck at trial. Um, but the, the, the same type of work that Lauren's talking about was the type of work that I did. Um, but I was real nervous because I didn't have that component that you have that I You know that I did some criminal defense or that I had ever even interned anywhere or did any of it. And the fact of the matter is I might like civil litigation, I might like probate, um, I might like juvenile delinquency cases, but the bulk of the work in district court is driven by the criminal caseload. And so I really felt that that was gonna be it's just something I was lacking of if and when. And, and it would be a challenge to getting appointed.
0: How do you guys do it uh, out in that judicial district uh, as a ju- uh, district judge? Do you have like a criminal only docket and then you rotate into domestic relations and then you rotate into probate or because of the uh, relatively small size, do you kind of do a little bit of everything at the same time?
2: Yeah, we're, we're sort of the right-wrong-sized judicial district because we're a single-county district, one of only three, I think, in the state, where, fortunately, we get to sit in the same courthouse and the same courtroom all day long. Um, but we have a fairly large number of filings as the largest county uh, outside of, of the eastern side of the state. So our filings are much higher than our sister counties um, and districts around us. We see a lot of work that other districts don't see as well because we have the largest hospital uh, between Denver and Salt Lake and a number of other uh, medical facilities. And so we have probably more medical malpractice type cases than other districts outside of uh, the front range have. And so it would be really nice if we could do the set dockets of, of sort of the specialized dockets. But we we have six district court judges. That's one addition about a year ago. And so we pretty much all do everything I currently have all of the probate, juvenile delinquency, mental health cases, but you know I can go in a day from, as I said, doing a prelim to a sentencing to a mental health case to a preliminary injunction. You just sort of never know, which keeps it interesting, but it, it, it's also always a challenge to, to keep up with and stay up with um, all of the changes that happen in, in the law, whether from the Supreme Court uh, ruling or, or, or changing uh, something or from the General Assembly. Um, enacting new legislation.
0: Yeah, I could see kind of the pros and cons of that, that, you know, you don't get to really delve all the way in for, I think in Denver, they do two year or so rotations where you just do two years of only criminal and then two years of civil. And then uh, well, we have a special probate court here, but most counties, they kind of rotate. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, you're not getting stuck doing two years of something that maybe you don't really like as much. And you're really like, oh, I can't wait to rotate again. Um Uh, One thing that I was really interested to ask you, you're our first uh, state court uh, judge on the podcast. Uh, We had a federal magistrate, uh, Cato Cruz, um, on and uh, Justice Seymour is going to be coming on uh, hopefully relatively soon. But um, I want to talk a little bit about what advice you would have for young lawyers or law students that are interested in becoming a judge. Um, and, you know, what things do they need to be thinking about in their career? I mean, obviously, I don't think it's as simple as just checking a bunch of boxes, but, you know, what kind of things do they need to be thinking about in their career, whether that's, you know, experience they need to be getting or the types of firms they need to be looking at or what kind of things should they be doing if they're interested in becoming a judge at some point uh, down the line? I think there are a few things as a practical matter. Lauren said one of them I think is... I think
2: trying, finding ways to try cases is important. So, you know, you, you may not want to do the domestic relations case. You may not want to do the eviction case. You may not want to take that DUI uh, defense, but those are cases that go to trial uh, that that you get experience in court. So I think it's hard if you do purely civil litigation. If you did, you know, five trials in five years, you're doing a lot of trials. Other areas, if you did five trials in a year, you're not doing very many. And so, Finding ways to get exposure to court, I think, is, is important in having time actually trying cases. I think it's important, obviously, to be involved in the Bar Association. Uh, that was certainly an important component, uh, I think, for me and to me. Um, in terms of making connections, I think it's important to, to take advantage of the people you meet along the way. Um, I always ha- say, we're over here in Grand Junction, we have a couple hundred lawyers, but it's always felt like because of my work with the CBA, and in particular the Young Lawyers Division, I live in a much smaller state attorney-wise than I otherwise would have. And you know, I know people like Cato because I met him through uh, Cobalt. And um, those connections are always very important anytime you're going into a process where you're looking to be appointed to something um, because you'll, you'll meet people who have done it, you'll meet people who can support you, you'll, you'll meet people who can give you advice. I think as a practical matter, Two, it's important that everybody finds their own path there. And I think that uh, there was a series that came out in the Colorado Lawyer in 2017 and 2018 that was uh, part of the Center for Legal Inclusiveness in conjunction with the CBA. Now, the, I don't know if you saw them, but it was a really cool series that Justice Hood and Justice Marquez put together. And they literally had one judge from every type of judgeship, a municipal court judge, county court judge, justice, court of appeals, district court judge. I don't want to leave anyone out, but anyway, um, each each one of the level of judgeship wrote about their unique experience uh, to the bench. And if you read those, and I was um, fortunate to be part of that as the district court judge, but if you read those experiences, what you'll see is all of us came to where we are in a different way. Um, sure, there were similar things like clerkships, but not everyone had them. There were similar things like bar involvement, but not everyone did it. Um, People came from all different walks of lives with all sorts of different experiences. And so I think that's what's most important is don't try to fit a mold because you think that's what a judge looks like. Fit the mold that you think you'll bring to the bench because that's what we need is diversity and a bench that looks like the people we serve.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think that that's something that, you know we haven't had, like I said, a, a lot of judges on the program, but we have you know, one of the questions I usually always ask people is kind of how you got to where you were going. And uh, one of the themes that I think has kind of been prevalent through out of all of our guests is there's not necessarily a straight line. You know, there's not one way to become a judge. There's not one set of experiences um, that are, is going to get you there. And I would think that even into uh, today's day and age, um, that uh, having some diversity and experience is actually a, a benefit um, rather than just doing what may be the more traditional role. Um, the, the Denver Post ran a big article not that long ago about diversity on the bench, um, and uh, sometimes the lack of it uh, in, in Colorado. And um, I think the governor has recently kind of made a concerted effort to um, find more diverse backgrounds, uh, whether that's, you know, diversity and, you know, appearance or something, but also diversity and experience. Um, and that was something that, Uh, Judge Cruz actually was talking about on his episode was one of his big selling points was, um, you know, I've lived a lot of the experiences that people that the people who are going to appear in front of me uh, are going through, you know, and that's going to make me a better judge because I've, you know, been where they've been or I've experienced what they um, were experiencing. I'd like to shift gears here and kind of talk about um, one of our main topics today. And I'm super stoked that uh, Lauren emailed me and kind of suggested uh, this idea. And uh, our our sound guy, Rick, knows I love talking about mentorship on this podcast. Uh, It's probably our biggest topic uh, that I bring up with um, most people, Um, but it's never been kind of the main focus of it. And so uh, I'm really excited to kind of talk about that today. Um, So, Lauren, why don't you kind of start? uh, My my first question is, why do you think mentorship is important for young lawyers and law students? And is it even more important in areas in greater Colorado or outside the area where there are, you know, less lawyers and less people and uh, less networking events and CLEs, just kind of a lot less of of all of that? Um, What are your kind of thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so mentorship to me is always an interesting thought. It always sounds like one of those, you know, theories that the kind of the brown nosers of the class, they always have their mentor or, um, you know, that you always hear of that the the. The people that do well in the world, they always had that one mentor. But for me, I feel like mentorship can be so much more and should be so much more. And as a law student um, and even younger, I was always turned away from, you know, you should have these, these mentors or these mentorships. Um, and I think coming to Dufford Waldeck and honestly just growing up a little bit, I've come to find that a mentorship doesn't have to be so formal. Um, it's, you know, and you shouldn't have just one mentor. I think that's, I think that's kind of silly when people say my mentor is this person. Well, you, you and that person are not the same person. And so, um, for me, I've just come to find that, that mentorship is evolving and maybe my mentor, um, from last year, maybe this year, I haven't said two words to them. And, Um, you know, also for me, I, you know, mentorship has become multiple people, I should say. So, you know, I have a, a mentor for, you know, for me and in my firm, just trying to figure out how to market myself. There's one of our attorneys here, Annie Murphy, she is the networking queen. I mean, she just she goes to every bar event. She's a president of, you know, multiple things. She's part of the choir. She has three kids. And so just watching her and and learning from her has been just great for me to just learn how to grow. And, um, in my networking area, but, um, you know, there's other areas where, um, you know, there's another partner in my firm where I, you know, think of him more as how do I want to present myself in, in trial, um and he, you know i think watching him just how he cross examines someone is is i mean it's just magical you see those people in court that you that you you want to be them and so i think that's just become a for me just to to learn that it's not you know mentors don't have to be that formal and i've never even called them a mentor at all you know it's just someone that you're learning from and i think you can have mentors in your as your friends um you know you obviously learn from your print your friends your parents your siblings um you know just even people on on tv or uh some politicians which i shouldn't say all politicians but you, you, that's a touchy subject right now um, But yeah, so, and, and going to the second part of your question of whether that's important in Colorado, I, I definitely think in, in Grand Junction, it, it has helped me um, broaden my, my area of, of practice, you know, being part of the, the young lawyers division has helped me, you know, meet people from, from. Denver and, and those areas, you know, Kevin, I would have never met you had I not been part of the board. Um, and (laughs) so, you know, watching other, watching other board members and seeing them while we don't have a formal mentorship program, you know, it's great to see how, you know, you, you own your own practice. I mean, that's, that's amazing that, you know, we're young lawyers and we can show people that we can do that. So I think it is important. I don't necessarily think it's, more important being over in Grand Junction because um, I think that depends on the person as well. I know uh, there's some people that just kind of do things on their own and that's how they, they you know, they live life and they prosper and they do well. But for me, you know, being able to see people and learn from them, that's really helped me grow.
0: You know, it's, uh, I could not agree more with pretty much everything uh, that you said. And, um, it's a it's a topic that I like. I said I've really liked to hit on because mentors have played uh, an incredibly important role in my own career. Um, you know, starting a firm. You know, pretty much days after I got admitted to the bar, um, the only reason I didn't get sued for malpractice or burn the place down was the amount of mentors that I had uh, collected. Um, you know, at that point, and, and you're right. It's not something about you know you don't even refer to them as mentors, but You know, it's just people that you can ask questions of, people that you can emulate, people that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of. And I think you really hit the nail on the head. So I just kind of like to highlight something where you said that it's, you you need more than one, you know, and it's, and you don't just have like one mentor because you're not that exact same person. So you're never going to do everything exactly like they do it. And, you know, so I have mentors that are, you know, just one or two years ahead of me uh, in in law school that you know I asked you know certain types of questions to uh, also had you know lawyers that were you know 75 and were kind of on the twilight of their career uh, because they could offer a, a different perspective uh, you know we had mentors for personal injury and mentors for criminal defense and then I've got you know mentors that built their own law firms and it's really been you know having all of those people but also, a willingness to reach out to them when you need to, and I think back to that first year of practice. Uh, you know, I didn't have a partner whose office I could go into and ask them a question, and I probably called people at least like four or five times a day, you know? <laughs> just being like, "All right, just got this new case. Don't know what I'm, you know, doing on this aspect. But, you know, like what do you think?" And it, it was fundamental to me, and so it's just something that like. You know, every time I talk to young lawyers or go do a presentation at law students, it's, it's, it's one of, the, if not the biggest thing that I tell people is you need to develop relationships with people that you can reach out to uh, and ask questions to. And, and, you know, that are and it may be some people you only ask, you know, once or twice a year and some people you may be on the phone with every other day. Um, but you need to f- develop a network of people that can help you. Um, And then once you get to that position, you need to be willing to help the people, uh, you know, coming after you. Um, uh, Justin Braze, I kind of like to to turn to you. What role has uh, mentorship kind of played in in your career, uh, either as a mentee uh, or I'm now, I'm sure as a judge, uh, being the mentor uh, to a lot of uh, individuals? I don't think I could have
2: said it any better than what Lauren said. And some of the things I jotted down are exactly the things uh, that Lauren uh, Lauren said. I, I think one of the important ways that mentorship has been important to, to me, both in my career and um, as a lawyer and on the bench, kind of goes back to the article that you mentioned. I always sort of joke that I, get, I got to be one of the red boxes uh, in the article about diversity on the bench. And so I, w- I was the 21st judicial's red box of of being a Latino judge. And so when I got appointed to the bench, I was a young lawyer. I was 37 years old. I was still on the board, uh, the executive board for the Young Lawyers Division. The closest colleague in age to me was over 50 years old. One was uh, right at the brink of retirement. They were all white males who were straight except for one who was a female and uh, she was also white. I was a gay Hispanic young judge in Western Colorado. There's not a lot of us, in fact, there's me. And so there there wasn't a lot of look around and there's me down the hall or look around and there's someone who's experienced uh, being here. And I I, I love Mesa County. I don't think I'm going beyond by saying it's a conservative county. Um, And I look different than a lot of people, but I look a lot like a lot of people who are here but just not where I was. And so mentorship for me became the connections throughout the state who, as you said, you, it's hard to find somebody exactly like you. And so I found great mentors here who were able to speak to one component of me or great mentors that I met you know, from, from bar activities who were more like me, but they weren't here. And so I could talk about these issues. I mean, I like to say I have great lawyer mentors who are Lawyers, but more importantly, they're friends. They're people I'd never ask a legal question to, but they tell me things like, you know, don't be a punk, or uh, you're not crazy, or you know, this is all uh, you're thinking the right things. And so I think it's It's good to have, right, right. It's good to have mentors. You know, someone when I got appointed, the judge I uh, replaced told me, find somebody who you trust enough that 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 will tell you uh, exactly what you need to hear, because everyone else will tell you everything you're doing is great. I found that's really not true, but. Uh, it is good advice to have that that one that one person. And so I think that I'm not so much, a fa- I think camp is great. I, was, I remember when John Baker's program started, John Baker was heading it. Um, I think it's continued to be a great program. And some of that is very formal. When we tried to do that here in Grand Junction, um, camp doesn't work the same way it does in Denver, just because we're, it's not as formal as a program. There aren't as many mentors. And so you know, I think mentorship's most important avenue is making sure that you feel like you have a place at the table. And I think that's the same, whether it's me as one of only, or whether it's you starting a practice, whether it's uh, Lauren uh, figuring out you know, how to market herself. What we're all trying to find is, is ways that people can help us validate um, and find our own path in terms of how we do it our way.
0: Uh, Judge, how? what advice would you give um, you know, to that young lawyer or that law student that is, uh, you know, listening to this and says, all right, you know, I need, I need to get some mentors. Uh, you know, for some people, I think it kind of comes naturally uh, just talking to people and developing relationships. Uh, but for other people, it, it, it's something that kind of makes them feel com- uh, uncomfortable or it's not something that they are, you know, naturally just going to be walking in the room and, you know, developing relationships with strangers and stuff things like that. Um, what advice would you give to, you know law students or young lawyers uh, who are like all right I, I need some mentors how do I go about it you know how do I find people uh, that can play that role in my life so I think certainly here in Colorado there is the Colorado attorney mentor
2: program that's a fairly formal way to find a mentor and as I said there's different levels of formality within that that's that's probably the easy way is to reach out to the coordinators and um, and and sign up for that program I think more importantly it's for me at least, it was to identify people um, who I viewed as a mentor. And so I remember being at Cobalt in Steamboat Springs, and Justice Marquez was the one of our speakers. And she was really just telling her story of growing up at Grand Junction, um, going to college, her story of coming out, her story of, of uh, becoming a, a justice, and again, being one of of only and and not a lot of people who looked like her and i was very touched by her story and i went to introduce myself to her and i've told her this but i had the very like high i want i was like so starstruck and like nervous and shaky i sounded like a complete fool i know i said something silly about something and so then i thought well that's an epic fail um and so i remember i went back and i sent her an email and just told her how much her story had touched me and, and and how much it reminded me of uh, experiences i had had and how much i appreciated that i wouldn't say that probably i or she would say well we started a mentor mentee relationship but throughout the time that i've known her and throughout the time i've been on the bench she's somebody who i think has provided valuable insight and is somebody that you know i can talk to um, i think it's getting over that hurdle as you said sometimes you're afraid to reach out but for me it was What do I have to lose? I want this person to know that their experience impacted me, whether she responds or not, wasn't going to change that, and at least I put it out there. And so it never hurts to try. It never hurts to reach out, because I think most of us, particularly the people who are serving in the judicial branch, we want to be mentors. We want to encourage people to um, not just become judges, not just become magistrates, but to make the whole judicial branch more effective at, as at what we do, which includes lawyers who come in our courtroom, and that's why mentoring is important, even for those. You know, I love swearing in district attorneys. I love seeing new public defenders. And one of the one of the nice things about being a now 40s lawyer is um, it's nice to see the optimism and the young fed lawyer uh, who's just happy to be in court.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that's that's great, uh, Lauren. Uh, what about you? What what advice would you give to uh, you know, a law student or, a, you know, a first year attorney uh, who, um, you know, developing mentor relationships is just not something that can, that comes supernaturally uh, to them. Is there any advice or kind of tips or techniques that you've learned in kind of your career to, to kind of help get over that hump?
1: Yeah, it's hard to, to network. It's one of the, you know, those quote, networking, who likes to go network? I mean, it's, um. Uh, but I, I completely agree with Judge Timbrazy. You kind of just have to throw yourself out there. Um, and I have found that people are very willing to speak, you know, with you. I mean, I don't think I've ever had any attorney or or I shouldn't even say attorney, any professional um, in any realm that's ever been like, no, I don't have time to to ever speak with you. I mean, people in, in Grand Junction are so open to, to go to coffee, to... Um, you know, go out and get a glass of wine. Um, it's 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 amazing how open people are, and so yes, it is very nerve wracking to get over that first hurdle of just even taking the leap. Um, but just sending out a, an email to you know maybe you saw someone practice um, in court and you thought, man, they, they they knew what they were doing. Just send them a quick email that says, hey, I saw you in court you were great. Can we grab coffee? And I'm going to say 99% of the time, everyone's going to say yes. Um, and so just getting your foot in the door that way. Um, and, and I think law students will find people, you know, law students, young attorneys, you, you find the attorneys that you are, um, you know, you kind of connect with better. Obviously that's the same with relationships in the world anyways. Um, but you find that in the profession as well. And, and you don't, necessarily have to be in the same legal or the same legal area, you know, um, doesn't have to be a criminal attorney with a criminal attorney, um, you know, reach out. I have found my husband is a district attorney. He's been in court a million times more than I have. And, you know, watching even the county district attorneys, they they do great. Um, you know, they have more experience than a lot of seasoned attorneys do in court and, and know the rules of evidence a lot better than, than most of us. And so, um, you know, even reaching out to them, you know, they may seem like they're, they're um, less experienced, but not at all. And so uh, just take the leap and, and trust that people are, are wanting you to do better as well as they'll learn from you as well.
0: You know, I think one thing that, that, that law, especially law students can can focus on, especially if they're having trouble, uh, you know, kind of getting over that hump is you don't have to start with, you know, the top of the food chain, if you will, as a mentor, right? Like you don't have to reach out to a Colorado Supreme Court justice as a law student and make them your, you know, your, your, your mentor, right? If you're a 3L, you know, that first year associate at the firm you want to work at can be your mentor. Right. And if you're a first year associate, you know, that third year associate can be your mentor. You know, it just can be somebody that knows a little bit more about at least one thing, uh, you know, and that they can provide that knowledge uh, and that advice to you. And I feel like that the more you develop it, the easier it is. Um, And, you know, the more you reach out to people and ask for advice and ask for help and bounce ideas off of um, the more natural it becomes. And I think you made a great point, Lauren, that it's, 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 it's sort of like a, a, a version of networking. It's networking not necessarily to drum up business, although you certainly can do that through mentor relationships. Um, but it's, it's networking to, you know, develop a relationship where you can, you know, learn something or, you know, get a piece of advice or develop a deep friendship or things of that nature. Um, I want to shift gears to our final topic today um, and talk a little bit about uh, the YLD, the Young Lawyers Division uh, Executive Council. Um, Both uh, uh, Lauren is currently on uh, the Executive Council and my understanding, uh, Judge, is that you were uh, used to be a a chair of uh, that council. And so I'm just kind of interested to learn uh, just briefly here in in the last few minutes that we have um, kind of what's the same and kind of what's been different. So why don't we start with you, Lauren? Um, tell us a little bit about why you joined the board and, you know, a couple either events or programs or things, uh, that you've been involved, uh, in that you're kind of proudest of.
1: Sure. So funny enough, um, my fellow co-speaker today encouraged me, um, to join (laughs) the board. Um, so yeah, it it was great. Um, you know, luckily, so Judge Timbreza's um, husband is one of the partners at my firm, and so we kind of were speaking about ways to get involved in the, the bar, ways to get involved just as an attorney, and, and Judge Timbreza said that he was on the board, and it was a great way to kind of meet other uh, attorneys throughout Colorado, and it might be something that I was interested in. So, you know, luckily... Um, I interviewed um, sometimes I think I got on because simply i'm I'm from Grand Junction but <laughs> that's all right so um, you know it, it has been great to to see other young attorneys be so passionate about um, the law passionate about their clients um, and you know that's kind of helped me similarly like I said you know seeing like you Kevin owning your own firm you know we have um, our, one of our past chairs is going to be the soon chair of the the CBA. I mean, this is just it, it's it's so promising to see young attorneys wanting to do well and make Colorado a better a better place. And to help everyone, um, no matter your color, your age, anyone. We you know we just want the best for everyone. And so that's what I've really enjoyed about about the board. Um, and being part of that. Um, for me, I had a, um, the first year, you kind of get stuck with some of the things that other people don't want to do for events. Um, <laughs> so I uh, I had the great opportunity of putting together the swearing in ceremony um, reception after. And so it's, it doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, it's, it's, I remember being sworn in and being just so excited to be an attorney now, you know, you spend three years of your life, you take this horrible bar, and then finally you're an attorney. And so, um, just being able to, to have this reception, provide, you know, food drinks to, to these new admittees, as well as their, um, family and friends. Um, I did that for the last three years, obviously this last year kind of fell off cause we aren't able to do any, in-person ceremonies but I think that's probably one of the the greatest things It also gave me the fun opportunity to come over to Denver a couple times of the year and um, you know hang out with my fellow board members so I'd say that Um, you know unfortunately last year I was planning a uh, or I guess it was this year man this this year seems so long Um, earlier in the year I was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> planning a a wine tour around grand Junction um, that was canceled so hopefully fingers crossed we um keep we we go uphill and uh are able to do that um, in the coming months as well so um would love oh. to have any young attorneys come join me for a a wine tour around palisade which is quite beautiful
0: nice uh judge timbrezo what about you what uh, kind of brought you uh, to the wild d board and, and what was some of the stuff that you did on there that you were kind of most um, proud of
2: so um, i I don't remember how i'm sure I just saw an email or there were there were there were the openings on the boards or the way that we typically send those out because i wasn't particular I had come to Colorado. And it was oh two thousand seven or so. I joined the board in two thousand eight, and I was on until two thousand sixteen. And really, it was just to make connections with other young lawyers because there are so few um, other there are so few young lawyers here in Grand Junction. There are quite a few. I think there are more now than than when I came. But now I sound like the back when. But um, <laughs> there's still not a whole lot. And so I wanted to meet young lawyers. I wanted the connection. I wanted to be involved in the bar association for many of the reasons you said. Um, you just meet great people to reach out to and and ask uh, have have as mentors to go to ask questions with, and so I like Lauren was sort of like the token not Denver person, and so Chris Bryan who was from Glenwood was kind of trickling off the board, and I came on, and I didn't really do we didn't do a whole lot. I felt like it was a lot more sort of activity focused, not as much connection with the big bar, not as much connection with the committees. I mean, that really changed over the years. Things like the reception for the uh, bar association, or sorry, the swearing in started uh, when I was on the board. Um, we didn't have fancy podcasts. I think during my time, the the chair uh, did a video that's on YouTube. You know, the YouTube that would be the big um, post of, of 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 sort of technology. And um, over time, those relationships changed. I be, I was chair from twenty fourteen to twenty fifteen. I remember my focus was diversity, outreach, and service. We did the Bully Proof Project, which was quite successful in schools, talking about bullying. Casey Cannonberg put that together. And Casey and I had met because we were both active in the ABA as well. Uh, We started to try to do more activities outside of of the Denver area. Um, So we started doing activities throughout the state, did some in Colorado Springs, Durango. And and so we were proud of those, Grand Junction. So we were proud of those sorts of things. Um, And then... Um, the Colorado Legal Flood Relief is a big component of, of the time that I was chair and, and worked with Margaret Parker on that. Um, and so it was an exciting time and it really felt like we made some, uh, some, gained a lot of ground in terms of making it truly the Colorado Bar Association Young Lawyers Division as opposed to um, sort of focusing only on events there. Getting that concept, you know, the concept that when we have a, if we have an event outside of Denver and we have five people, that's a good turnout. And so it's a different mentality in terms of uh, how do you measure success and, and um, seeing people here getting involved was also very rewarding. That is people in Grand Junction coming out to events. Um, and so I was really proud of the time. And if I had to pick one thing, it certainly was the Bullyproof project that Casey worked very hard on. It was a, basically a $0 cost with a lot of benefit, and I think it touched a lot of kids. I know nationally the program did. Uh, Casey and I were good friends with the person who started it with the ABA, and I'm thinking Colorado it did a lot of good, too.
0: Wow, that, uh, that was really interesting. Uh, I'll have to learn uh, a little bit more about the program. I had heard of it, but didn't know a, a ton about it. Um, well, uh, Judge and Lauren, thank you guys so much uh, for coming on uh, the program today. Uh, it was really uh, awesome having uh, both of you. Uh, I think that uh, this was a success as far as having uh, two guests and uh, talking about mentorship is kind of our our main topic. Um, I like to end each episode the same way, um, especially I guess one about mentorship, uh, with letting our listeners know um, what's the best way uh, to contact you if. Uh, they have any questions about anything that we've talked about today uh, or, uh, you know, if they're looking for mentors, which they should be. So if you're listening, uh, definitely uh, t- take us up on this. Uh, Lauren, what's the what's the best way to contact you uh, or what's your email address or uh, how can they reach out to you if they'd like?
1: Yeah, um, please feel free. to Reach out to me anytime. Email is probably the best. Uh, my firm email is Odell, O-D-E-L-L at dwmk.com. All right.
0: And uh, Judge, uh, what about you? What's the best way uh, for our listeners to uh, reach out to you if uh, uh, they are interested in in chatting uh, more about anything we've discussed today?
2: So like Lauren, I think email is probably the best. Our, our emails are unnecessarily long in the, the uh, state judicial branch, but they're all the same. So it's my first and last name, Lance.timbreza, and they're all at judicial.state.co.us, and they're also... Um,
0: all the same so if you know somebody's mine's lance.timbreza <laughs> <laughs> find one judge's email and you can get a hold of judge timbreza is basically uh, that's right do, do uh, some well, modifications thank you, guys, thank you guys so much again for uh coming on uh have a wonderful uh weekend and uh definitely stay safe out there until we can get this vaccine
1: thanks you too kevin thank you have a good evening get legal with it